0: quick uh, interview here with uh, Kepler Bradley. Kepler, you've obviously moved into a new position at Claremont. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what your role is at the Claremont Footy Club?
1: Yeah, so um, basically development and welfare officer. So, um, yeah, just trying to help the boys on and off field, whether it be, you know, help them find a job, study, um, work experience or anything like that, or on the field. So if they want to go to their player tapes, um, you know, anything like that, a bit, bit extra after training, I can... Um, you know, give them some advice and uh, also heavily involved with the 16s so I was the midfield coach for the 16s development squad um, and I think the 14s and 15s start up relatively soon so I'll have a fair bit to do with them and also with the Colts as well so every Wednesday I'll go down with the Colts and help them out and um, try and fast track the uh, the young guys you know, when, when they need it and uh, and on top of that, you know, nutrition and stuff like that as well. So I always give them a few hints what they should, should and shouldn't be eating and what they yeah. should
0: be looking for and hydration and stuff like that. OK, so is it mainly you are dealing with the Colts or is it like some of the younger league guys who are playing in there as well who are still maybe trying to get drafted a like Mitch McGrubbin did last year with Claremont?
1: Yeah, I'm, he- well, I'm heavily involved with uh, a few of the Albany guys who have got a bit of talent. Uh, I don't just hold myself to the guys that may be getting drafted. You know, I'm pretty broad with my... Um, involvement with the Colts especially, you know, all the players need help at some point in time and um, obviously the guys that are looking to be drafted and, and, you know, are good enough to be drafted, you know, when they, when they need something or anything like that, they come to me and we've certainly identified the guys that, you know, may be heading in that direction. I know who they are and, you know, I, I do keep tabs on them and, and, and try and fast track them too.
0: Yeah, I think it's especially important for waffle clubs these days, obviously with money being as tight as it, as it is, obviously getting that money, even if it is a little bit less now from the From kids getting drafted, I think it's just one of those focus areas, really, for clubs, particularly waffle clubs, to survive, I suppose. So things that you're doing with the clubs are really important in terms of them being able to uh, generate extra income for them to survive. Absolutely, absolutely. And we,
1: we identify, you know, things they need to work on and things they have worked on. So my job is to make sure that they keep on working on the things that we've identified that... They could be good at but we want them to keep being good at it, whether it be during their vision on, on their tapes and stuff like that or going down to training and helping them. Yeah, that's that's certainly my job. So we don't just tell a kid that he needs to improve and then forget about it. I, I keep, you know, weekly keeping in touch with them and, and, and trying to really force them to, to get better. And, and um, if they get better, we get better as a club and hopefully we do get a few drafted blokes
0: out of it. Absolutely. When you finished at Fremantle last year, was talk about going back to West Perth and being a Kingsley boy as a junior and playing your junior footy there and that sort of thing. So it must have been a tough decision. So where do you obviously want to see yourself going in AFL down? Is it going back into AFL or do you feel yourself staying a bit more in the waffle system for a while? Um,
1: I've absolutely enjoyed yeah. it, you know, at the moment, and uh, I I, um, I really wanted to stay in football. So the job at West Perth wasn't there, so I was, I was really hunting around for. For a football job, and yeah, I, I mean I've had my footy career, so that's just a bonus for myself and and, and I and you know get a few extra years out. But um, I really wanted the job, and they were good enough to give it to me. So I'm doing my level three coaching um, accreditation at the at the moment, so this has kind of helped me to to finish that off. And you know I really want to either coach in the waffle one day or. Um, hopefully make it into some sort of development role at AFL ranks. I mean, I'm not in any rush at all, you know, I'll hopefully finish off this year and hopefully play next year as well, but I, I definitely want to be coaching at some sort
0: of level. And how have, you, how have you enjoyed your footy this year? Obviously, you're a little bit more relaxed, obviously, than being out of the AFL system. How are you enjoying it back in just playing in the waffle level with a couple of days of training a week? And
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't have a pre-season, so the first three or four weeks were pretty hectic for me just trying to get the match fitness and, you know, get to know my teammates. I wasn't allowed to train with them basically until a week before the season started, so... It made the first three or four weeks tough, and on top of that, we did lose our first four or five games. So, you know, the last three weeks, we've really turned it around as a, as a team, and it's been, uh, you know, enjoyable and what I thought footy would be after, you know, the AFL system. So the last, you know, month's been really enjoyable, and I think the, the, the team's really enjoyed it, and um, we're playing some really good footy, and, and, you know, that's what it was all about, me to come back here and hopefully give them back to Claremont and, you know, repaying them for, for, for giving me the opportunity.
0: How do you find it? You've seen both sides of the system now. How do you think the alignment system is working in the Waffle? Obviously, for Fremantle, aligned with Peel. How do you think? Do you think that was a good move for the AFL clubs? Yep. Um, do you feel, or do you feel it was a good move for the AFL? Do you feel it was better for you as a Fremantle player yep. playing with all of those guys each week, or do you think it was better? Um,
1: in I, I definitely think for the young guys getting drafted, it, it is a ben, it is beneficial to go to to a team like Peel, and, and you know you you train with your teammates every day, and then they go and get to play with them on the weekend, not only that, they get to play their game plan that, you know, whenever they are required to, to play AFL, at least they've played that game plan at a lower level. So I do think that, you know, it helps the AFL clubs enormously to have, um, you know, a, a team like that where they can put all the youngsters that aren't getting the game and they can still practice the same game plan. And, you know, on the flip side of that, it, it can't be too bad for the waffle because, you know, East Perth or Peel haven't won a premiership yet, so it's not as if they're dominating week in, week out. Yeah. Um, and they're certainly not on top of the ladder at, at um, you know, round eight or nine or whatever it is now. So, still you know, East Perth win five or six flags in a row and Peel win five or six flags in a row. I think it's, it's pretty much working, you know. And, yeah, I think, uh, obviously, Subiaco are going pretty strong this year, so they're probably the favourites at the
0: moment. But um, I think the alignments are working pretty yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean... Going back a little bit, as a junior, came out and obviously you won the Lark Medal and the Jack Clark Medal. You know, Lark Medal being the best in the under-18 nationals, and then obviously the best waffle player at yeah. West Perth. When you were the draft is probably a little bit little bit more low-key than it is today.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, did you speak to most clubs when you like when you were coming out and, and that sort of thing, or did you have always have a feeling, Essendon we're going to pick you up? Or?
1: No, I. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know I was going to get drafted until about. You know, a month month out of the draft, I must have had my head in the sand because I had no idea about you know the draft system and you know it gets drilled into the young guys at a young age. You know this this day and age, but you know 10, 11 years ago, um, I really had no idea that I was good enough until about a month before the draft when a few of the teams started knocking and yeah, so I I knew at that stage that I was you know I was, I was a chance to get drafted and I had an interview with quite a quite a few clubs and they said. You know, you you go, but you never know when you're going to go or if you're going to go. So um, it was a privilege to go to Essendon, and yeah, and, and uh, you know, play for 11 years was something to be proud of. And you get you go through a few injuries and stuff like that, but you always you always want to play a few few more games than you did. But um, to be honest, you just got to look look around at the blokes that have done three or four knee reconstructions, and um, you just got to you know. Thank, thank you, lucky stars, that you're, uh, you've done what you've done.
0: Well, especially, I mean, if you look at the average AFL player only plays two years, if that. Yeah. So, I mean, to play 11 years is um, certainly a uh, you know, a, you know, a great, you know, really solid achievement for yourself. As you said, it's probably a bit frustrating that you weren't able to probably put a full season together, really, yeah. every year. You sort of got 14, 15 games, whether yeah. it be injury or a bit of form. Where did you think your best position was as a player? Like, if you had a choice... Like now, you played a bit on the wing. You played in defence. You played full forward. Yeah. Where did you think your best footy was played? Uh, I I thought it was
1: definitely at Fremantle when I um you know played forward for majority of the time and then probably played in the ruck four or five minutes and chopped out with um Aaron Sanderlands. Um, we had a bit of a for two or three years there. We had a bit of a good connection together, and um, you just got to look at the way they're playing now with you know Zach Clark's pretty much. Taking that role up and he's and he's playing really exceptionally well and they and and as a team them two are going really well as well so that really worked for me when I came over to Freo and, and really enjoyed that role and yeah it's it's just it w- it was good to, to finish off at Fremantle you know even though I did do my knee but it was on a high and yeah you know the way I wanted to go out and the way the Freo let me go out um they gave me an extra year when they probably didn't have to and I really tried to repay him back to play at least a couple of games and my hamstring wouldn't wouldn't let me but that's fine, and that's yeah. footy, and, and we move on.
0: Yeah. Obviously, you, you need, to, you know, because you were probably playing your best footy towards that, you know, just before you did your knee as a forward, you were kicking like goals, and as you said, you had that good sort of, um, you know, combination with sandals. Do you feel that? Do you feel like that knee took it... Do you feel you still, if that knee didn't happen, you'd still be playing today? Or do you think it was probably... I know you talked about the game getting past you probably last year. Yeah. When you retired, do you still think if you didn't have that knee injury, you'd oh, still be the, in there? Oh, the knee definitely didn't help me. Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, who, who knows what, it, what could have happened. I was playing pretty good footy when, when my knee happened. And then just a year out of the game and, and trying to come back. And my hamstring was never really 100% last year. And, um, you know, I'd go to the AFL games... Um, on the weekends and watch the boys play and just think, you know, the, the game's pass me, as you said. So I dare say if I hadn't done my knee, I, I you know, I might have got a few more games, but you, you never know. And, uh, yeah, I was just happy to to play the the amount of games I did and hopefully for the fans and that out there, they, they agree that I, I gave it 100%.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As a Fremantle supporter myself, did you sort of pick up on the fact that you had that sort of big cult-like status at Fremantle? Like, you know, I know I was a bit, you know, a bit laughing a laugh about it, but obviously, yeah. like, you know... It's sort of like, as a you know, everyone, all the preo fans had a soft spot for you. Yeah, yeah, and no,
1: I've come come across from Essendon, and I, I reckon they had a different opinion, but it was just you know, it was good for me after seven years, um, especially you know, three or four years into my seven years, I I could notice the the crowd was was turning and and you know they kind of appreciated what I was what I was doing. I don't do everything you know by the book, but. Hopefully I got things done, you know, my way, and you know I think the, the crowd appreciates that, and you know a few of the Freo boys always used to muck around with me and, and say you're the cold hero and stuff like yeah. that. So it's <laughs> um, and then yeah, no, it was just it was, it's just good to to come back to my hometown and play for Fremantle and hopefully you know put a few smiles on on supporters' faces.
0: Yeah, obviously, um, as you said, it was a bit of a turning in 2007, obviously with that Anzac Day clash, and I think you were definitely unfairly maligned in. After obviously there was all the talk about the kick across the target lock. Yeah. Lockyer. Um. How tough was that 2007 for you? You know, obviously once that happened, you didn't. I mean, Mal Michael came into the club. Yeah. You were sort of probably played out of position a little bit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How hard? How hard was that year for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was it was really tough to be honest. Uh, I mean, I was only 20, 21 at that stage, and kicked across face a goal and. Lucky you kicked the goal, and apparently I couldn't play footy after that. So I think I only played one more game for Essendon, or maybe two um, more games that year, and then and then I got across to Fremantle. But for a young kid, you know, in Melbourne by himself, didn't you know family and friends though back in Perth? Newspapers having a go at you, TV having a go at you, um, you know, support. You go to get a coffee and they're having a go at you, and for a young kid, you know, I feel sorry for the for the guys these days because they get probably more scrutinised than what, what I did, but it was tough and, I you know, I, to be honest, I probably didn't really like footy that much that year and, and it probably showed me my performances after that. As I said, like, it was just good to come back to Fremantle yeah. and, um, you know, really you know be with my family and friends and, and, and really turn, you know, probably people were saying that I was no good to... You know, a guy that tried hard and tried to do yeah. the best thing for the club for Fremantle. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good way I finished, and and I think I hopefully repaid Fremantle back for for picking me up.
0: Yeah, I think. Oh, I mean, obviously they wouldn't have kept you on the list for as long as they did if they didn't feel that. that was... Do you feel you were let down a bit by the Essendon coaching staff during that period? Obviously it was one thing. Yeah. And obviously if you look at it today, the turnovers are constant, and maybe it was the magnitude of the clash or whatever it was. But do you feel you were sort of let down a little bit, especially as you said being 2021? 20, yeah. You know, these days people say, oh, we want you to cross, the, you know, move the ball across, take risks, and as soon as you do it, turnover, then you get dropped. So yeah, it's yeah. a. Do you feel it was sort of? A... No,
1: not really let down. I mean, I would have liked to have had a, a bigger, bigger um, go, at, you know, in the forward line or something like that. But back line was where I was, you know, earmarked the play, and I, I did. I enjoyed my time at Essendon, and it wasn't their fault that, you know, the the, the you know, I was getting scrutinised outside the club for for my kicking. But no, I, I um. I got treated fairly there, mate. I Not got yeah. nothing, you know, bad yeah. to say about them or anything like that. But it was just nice to, to, to come back to Fremantle
0: and play in a position I was probably more suited to. And yeah, it was good. Yeah. Do you feel like? Do you feel there was many differences between? Obviously Essendon had a lot of history, a lot of tradition, obviously a lot of success with 16 flags, and obviously Fremantle, newer club. Limited success, let's be honest. Did you feel there was a massive difference between the way the two clubs were run at the time or is it just, as I said, is it more um, obviously having the 10 teams in Melbourne as well? Did you feel it was like a completely different sort of...
1: I mean, a lot more relaxed over here. There's only two teams, so, you know, it's over there. It's, you know, Melbourne is probably the harder footy and everyone loves their footy over there. And um, so uh, to come back over here, it's a little bit... A little bit more relaxed. Essendon had a lot of culture, but Fremantle wanted to make their culture, so they they kind of striving for the same thing. Everyone wants success, yeah. And when I came across, you know, Fremantle had limited success and you just got to look at their last two or three years and, you know, they're really starting to motor along and playing finals and grand finals year after year. So, you know, I don't think Fremantle will be happy until they win that first premiership, but um, they're they're certainly working towards it and I don't think it's
0: too far away at all. Yeah, you played with some great players both at Essendon and at Fremantle. Who do you think was probably the best player you played with? Like, if you looked at all of the... I mean, obviously you had some terrific players at Essendon during that time and obviously Fremantle now. Um, Who do you think was the best player you played with? I, to
1: this day, I still think... Probably Matthew Pavlich um, and then and then Aaron Sandlands um, second, probably because I got to see them both in their prime. When I yep. was at Essendon, you know, Lordy was coming to his end of his career, and I think Herdie was only played the two or three years while I was there, so he was coming to the end, so I didn't actually see them in, the, in their prime. But definitely Matthew Pavlich, and then I'd have to say Aaron Sandlands second. Um, yep. But I think, you know, if I was a young kid coming through now and you Want to probably play with his so yeah i think he's going to be
0: an absolute superstar but um yeah probably the best who i've seen in their prize probably published and Alance. yeah it's funny like a friend of mine he's got a, you know a young son in melbourne they moved to melbourne and he's obviously used to wear his five jumper to training yeah. like at auskick in melbourne and he was the only free jumper within miles where but now all of a sudden i was yeah, talking to his go. dad the other day and you know he's starting to see a lot more Fremantle support and i think even like on the weekend game at the western bulldogs they Seem to be getting a lot more away support now than they've ever had. So yeah. the club's obviously growing, as, and you know success obviously does that a bit as well. Absolutely.
1: And when we, you know, we played in the grand final a couple of years ago, you know, we played Hawthorne, and I reckon there was more for our supporters and Hawthorne supporters. Just the sea of purple going to the games um, it was unbelievable.
0: So they're, they're definitely doing something right, in Melbourne and other states. You had some, you know, iconic coaches as well in your time, with obviously Sheeds, Avi, and Lyon. Who was, who do you think was, you know, obviously they all have different strengths. Who do you feel was the best coach for you? as a player in your time
1: at the um, in oh, AFL? Oh, definitely Ross Lyon. He's proven to get the most out of people. You know, Ryan Crowley, Clancy Pierce, you can go through the whole list, but, yeah, he's got a he's got a way with people that he can get the best out of everyone and, and make everyone strive for, for, you know, the same thing. So, definitely Ross Lyon was, you know, huge for me when he came across. And as you said, if I hadn't done my knee, hopefully I would have played a few yeah. more games under him. But uh, I felt like when he came across, I started to play some really good footy and you just gotta
0: look at the other players that I mentioned before and they're playing really good footy as well, so he's obviously doing something good. right. What do you think was the big difference between Harvey and obviously there was you know, talk about him and obviously it was a contentious decision at the time to remove him and put La Ross Lyon in. What do you feel was the big difference between Harvey and maybe Lyon as a as a coach at that you know at that well, I
1: think he proved at St Kilda that Ross, you know, probably took a team that wasn't that great to a couple of grand finals. So I think Freeman identified that and got him across and, and he hasn't let us down. He's you know, taking Fremantle, who was probably missing the finals to, to a grand final, and um, they're playing, you know, obviously on top of the ladder this year. So um, I think Frio knew what they were getting when they got line, and, yeah, to his credit, he hasn't let it, let let them down, and hopefully he can go one better this year and, and, and win them the, the big prize.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the club's certainly going in the right direction and, you know, being undefeated, and uh, you said it. All those players, sort of, when you've got a player who's on the edge, like, you know, you've got these young guys that feel like Mazungu, that sort of thing. What sort of things does Lion try and do to, like, you know, just, obviously communication is key. Yeah. You know, they obviously talk a lot about being the seat on the bus. And, yeah being there do your role you stay in the team if you don't you know yeah what sort of things do they do like particularly line does with those guys who are just on the edge trying to get a seat yep. you know and um in that regard it's all yeah. about
1: consistent performance i mean you know you got to play hard hard tough footy and, and consistent performance there's no point going down back down appeal and, and not getting a kick and then cracking it because you're not getting a game so i think all the boys know that when they go down appeal um you know they, they, they chuck their jumpers on and they they run around like madmen, really, because you really want to play AFL. So I think you know you just got to look at Mzungu's performances in the last three weeks for for the reserve uh, for Peel, and obviously he's trying his hardest to, to get in the team. And not only is he getting his you know 30 odd touches, he's, he's tackling and and doing the hard stuff is, is is what um you know Ross will probably be looking for. So yeah, when whenever you get when you when you get dropped and you play down at a lower level, uh, that's what they're looking for effort, you know, hard at yeah. the footy, and, and and just don't let your team down and. And and don't don't crack the shits because you're down there. Just yep. go down there
0: and do your job and be hard at the footy. I'm pretty sure you guys have played Peel this year. Who do you feel like? Obviously they look a little bit better balanced this year because they obviously drafted like Blakely and yep. Lockie Weller and that sort of thing. Which of the um, draftees have stood out to you? Obviously you've been able to see yep. them a little bit more close up than um, even the guys on the fence. Yeah. Yep. Has any of them really stood out for you? Or...
1: Uh, I reckon Alex Pierce is going to be. I actually played on him and he and towered me up. So I, I think ever since he got through the door a couple of years ago I, I kinda said I think I actually said to Ross he's he's one to look out for. So he's he's a key defender and he, he's just sensational at his positioning and he's gonna get stronger and, and you know, hopefully he can be the next Luke McFarlane. And there's another kid there that, you know, I, I looked at and thought, Wow, he's gonna be pretty good, he's Connor Blakely. I, I haven't seen I haven't had a lot to do with him. Didn't know where he was from and, and when we played against him I thought, you know, that kid could be anything, so they're definitely drafting the right way, and I think they've got a couple of kids in the in the, in the peel running around that are going to be absolute superstars.
0: See, Alex Pierce has just got his chance the last couple of weeks, and he, as you said, he certainly hasn't looked out of place out there, and he does have that little bit of like that ability of like Fletcher just being able to reach over the top yeah. and do that sort of thing. So it's you know it's obviously good science. Do you think it, um, obviously with the advent of free agency, do you think it's important if we look at a guy like Alex Pierce, he sort of goes well. You know, my time's coming, but all the talk about obviously Alex Rance or someone like that potentially coming across. How do you think it is with a, with a footy club or with these younger players now? If they sort of, you know, even for someone like Alex, yes, and then you've got someone like maybe if Rance comes in, who's sort of going to take his position, so to speak. Yeah. Is it, you know, do you think free agency's made it a lot tougher for those younger guys coming through? Oh, not 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 really. I mean,
1: when you're at a good club, you want to stay at a good club. Um, I don't know too many people that would leave a good club to go to a, you know, an average, you know, yeah. below par club. So I think. As long as Fremantle keep on the same track, they're going to keep all their players. It doesn't matter who, who they are or what they're doing. You know, they, they get treated well down there, and obviously they're performing well and playing well. So, um, you know, it's going to take a lot to take a young kid like, like an Alex or someone like that away from, from a great club like Freo. So I think uh, with the free agency stuff, as long as your club's doing the right thing by the players, you know, I don't think too many players would leave that certain club.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, as um, like you said, I think the only one we've... The Frio really lost him in the last few years with Dylan Robertson, obviously, with, and that was probably more outside with family issues, you know, yeah. with his baby and stuff. So, you know, all the talk about player retention, as you said, obviously they've managed to turn that around and uh, you don't see many players wanting to leave, which is fantastic for the Absolutely, club. Yeah. Just about every player you speak to um, from Frio or, you know, ex-teammates, Who's the funniest teammate you've ever played with? Who's the best joker of the club? It's always, your name always comes up. So, in the other side of the street, who's always, the, you know, Gallows. I know that you and apparently you and Bellas had a bit of a, you know, <laughs> a bit of turn and fro in the uh, practical yeah. jokes. So, it, I mean, who's who's that sort of player for you? Who's the funniest sort of guy you've played with in your time? Uh,
1: in my time, the funniest guy I've ever played with is probably Scott Thornton, uh, for the guys that remember him. Yeah. Um, he retired a few years ago, but, yeah, just a real dry sense of humour and, He's got the ability to tell the funniest joke ever and, and, and not laugh at it, which is which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, a few of the older guys, if you ask them too, they'd would say Scotty Thornton. Um, yeah, but uh, obviously for fun around the club, you'd say Hayden Ballantyne because he's he's the one that's you know doing all the jokes and pouring water over blokes when we're in the toilet and stuff like that. So he's always finding ways to annoy people, and you know, eighty uh, percent of the time it was me when I was at Brio. So. Yeah. Um, no, definitely them two have stood out, and yeah. um, you know it's, it's what you need around the club. It's you know very serious these days, but there is a time to have a joke
0: and a laugh, and and blokes like that provide it. You're now working outside of footy. Do you think it's like no, there was obviously an article by Grant Thomas the other day about talking about AFL players just spending too much time at the footy club, not doing anything outside of footy. And I know Fremantle do try and particularly these days get players either studying or doing something outside of footy. Yeah. Do you think it, Do you think it's probably gone too far the other way where they should be doing? Like, every player coming in should be doing something outside of footy? I think yeah, at
1: Fremantle they definitely do that, so I think that's not an issue at, at Fremantle Footy Club. I can't talk on behalf of the other footy clubs, but definitely on our day off, you know, Ross Wood does well, he, he won't play you if you don't do something outside of footy. So definitely a free everyone was doing something, you know, and, and I think you really do need to do something other than footy. I think Grant Thomas is right. You really gotta you really gotta set yourself up life after footy and um, you know, um, I think most players do do that, and I think you find now when players do come out of the system, you know, they're they're, they're going straight into the workforce, and and um, you know, they're not in limbo for for a year or two, and and um, struggling with money and all that kind of thing. So I think I think the AFL as a whole is getting really, you know, better at that, and you know, they're providing the study and 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 you know, the the um, the benefits for that. So uh, I think I think definitely free are on the right track and, and they do let their players study which is, yeah. which is great.
0: So as, well, obviously when you're not at footy or at Claremont what what interest do you have outside of is there anything that interests you outside of footy or
1: uh, oh, I absolutely love cooking so I yeah. actually take a few of the guys in the Colts that, you know, a, 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 might might one day hopefully get drafted and I take them to my house and we go and cook pasta and pies and tr- just try and cook some really healthy stuff for them. So when, if they do find themselves, you know, uh, at a club or, or even, you know, the guys from Albany that travel up and they can actually cook themselves a meal. So um, I actually like cooking and I try and incorporate yeah. that in, in, in my job. So cooking and golf, mate, so I don't, I don't yeah. take too many <laughs> players for golf. But no, nah. <laughs> um, nah, definitely cooking's an interest and, and golf's definitely an interest outside of oh, no, all of that. So. Yeah.
0: Oh, great. And do like just, do you see that, like, if it doesn't work out in you can you see yourself doing something in that cooking area? I've always
1: I've always wanted to own a cafe, so I've done my barista course and a few uh, small business course as well, so that's definitely, you know, an avenue that I, I wouldn't mind doing, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's up my sleeve and, you know, just got to find the right location and, you know, the yep. right staff and all that kind of thing, so, yeah, I, I'd always love to do my own cafe yep. and, and, you know, be... Helping out in the kitchen and stuff like yeah.
0: that. So when you were a player, obviously, at SMM and Freo, did you always have the same nickname all the way through your career? Uh, no, Freo? my nickname's changed changed a bit. Yeah, yeah. no, you know, Kev,
1: and then when I got to Frio, it's the fridge. So Yeah, I mean, they got everything. Kev train, yeah. anything to do with Kev, they just had anything on the end of it. So, so how did the fridge come about? Oh, I was, we were on a plane on the way to play Port Adelaide, and um, one of the Frio supporters that were caught the plane said to Reese Palmer, oh, is the fridge plane. Reese Farmers, like, who's who's the fridge? And he goes, oh, you yeah, know, Captain Brother, he's the fridge, the big boy. And I was like, well. so obviously, Reese got up in front of the group and said, My name's the, you know, nickname's the fridge now. So, <laughs>
0: ever since then, it's been been the fridge. One of the things that they don't talk about a lot is doing rehab. Um, and obviously, I think because you were at the same time with Anthony yep, yep. And, and doing And John that.
1: Griffin, yeah. And
0: John Griffin, yeah. Yep. I mean, how tough is it for those guys? You want to play footy, that's why, you know, you're out there. How tough is, it, is the rehab, you know, even though there's three of you there, which yeah. but it still must be, you know, how tough is the rehab on those, you know, those guys?
1: Absolutely. Well, that's half the reason why I retired. So, you know, the it's, it's not good to have, but it was good to have John with me, even though I wish it didn't happen to him with his knee, but... Um, he really helped me out through that period, and, and hopefully I helped him out too. So yeah, it's just a lonely place, you know. The, the boys are out, you know, on the track running around and playing games, and you're stuck inside on a bike or, you know, doing some weights on your legs and stuff like that. So um, you do feel a little bit away from the group when, when you're injured, and that's why last year when my hamstring started to go a little bit, and you know, I was in and out, in and out, didn't really string that many games together. I thought, you know, it's, it's not real. Yeah, you know, fun for me anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, you just got to look at someone like Morabito. He's done his knee
0: yeah.
1: three times, and 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 he's still plugging away, which you know, it just shows the credit credit to him
0: to to keep on going and the resilience. Hopefully, you'll see more. Eventually, find some treatment that will get him up there, you know. And even like Jaden Pitt was another one, you know, with his heart and yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly I mean, right. they've been a bit, um, you know, stiff and that sort of thing with it. What's your favourite footy moment? You know, playing finals and that sort of stuff. Have played in the. You know, arguably the biggest class, they say outside of the grand final with Anzac Day. Yeah. What was your favourite footy moment of all? Uh, favourite footy moment was probably
1: oh, probably the MCG game against Geelong um, in a final. So we went over there and no one really rated us, and I think you know Geelong were odds on favourites to win. And we went over to the MCG and, and, and won our first final away from home. And um, the way the boys played that night, it was it was just it felt like a dream. So that's that's probably the most memorable moment
0: yeah and do you have any regrets at all in any in, in your time in AFL anything that you sort of like you know you said any anything things you wish you went back and did differently or
1: uh, oh not really I mean you know if I if I look back and my effort wasn't there I'd, I'd I'd be a bit disappointed but um you know probably my skills weren't weren't a highlight of mine but you know I leave I left the game thinking that you know more often than not I gave 100% and um you know on, on the field and on the training track and and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll walk away with, with my head held high and, and pretty much no regrets.
0: When you got drafted 11 years ago, 193 centimetres, you know, being a key position player at that height, you look at today's player, obviously you ran, you know, the player's obviously your height playing in the midfield and that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you feel that, you know, obviously, like, you know, going back to even that game against Carlton a few years ago where, you know, you did a little shimmy around... Uh, juddy and that sort of thing, and you know, yeah. do you feel that you would have probably been drafted in a different position today? Like, obviously, because you had the athletic ability yeah. um, to play probably wing or something like that. Yeah. Do you feel you would have played in a different spot today? If you, oh, if you probably tried? my speed's not
1: there, mate, to be honest, but, you know, in Colts and, and um, in, in uh, at West Perth in the league side, I, I did play on the wing and half-forward flank um, as a high half-forward, basically as another midfielder, so that, that's the way I used to play my junior footy know I, I was pretty good at it. Um, you know, I, I still was to this day, I think that I'm a midfielder stuck in a, you know, a tall, taller body and, um, you know, if, if I did have a bit more pace and probably, I, you know, I, I, I might get a run through the midfield these days but, you know, my pace probably isn't there for, for a midfield player and, um, yeah, I, def, I definitely think, you know, I'd be a, you know, probably a forward, you know, still but, um, you know, they, they, they're drafting taller and taller and, you know, more athletic blokes and faster blokes than ever now so you just got to look at it at a fife and a Monday and they're quite tall and midfielders. So yeah, I think that's that's the way that you know footy're gonna go these days and, and they're gonna be they're only gonna get taller and taller and fitter and stronger and faster and all that yep. kind of stuff.
0: That's why I think it's really important for people like yourself who are working at that waffle level for those kids to be able to you know, and I think it's really tough, and I think it's fantastic for guys like Lockie Neal who are probably pigeonholed into that too small, yeah. not good enough, and Louis Taylor last year. I think it's you know good to see that players who aren't necessarily six foot two, six foot three can still be able to have an impact at AFL level as well. Absolutely, and Michael Barlow's proven that it doesn't
1: matter how old you are, you still a chance to be drafted. So I think you know if you're a footy player out there with a bit of skill and and you know a bit of work ethic, you just keep keep cracking into it and you never know what's around the corner so doesn't matter what size shape you are if you can get that footy these days and you have a bit of a footy brain
0: more often than not you'll get on the list yeah, absolutely. Is there anything like, um, obviously, when I was sort of over, when I watched the Geelong game at Simmons Stadium this year, and obviously saw a lot of the ex-players there, you know, like I think it was Peter Bell, Norrish, Spider-Man, they must have had the ex-players club or something over there. Do you um, still keep in contact with a lot of those sort of ex-players, or do you head down to the club much these days? or?
1: Yeah, I, I keep in touch with a few current players, and, and definitely ex-players that, you know, Anthony Grover and Scott Thornton, Andrew Seeger blokes like that, Peter Bell, Manus... You know, the list yeah. goes on. Troy Cook. You know, I see them on a regular basis. So I couldn't go that day because I think I had footy, but yeah, um, yeah, I definitely get an invite to, for the past player, um, yeah. you know, luncheons and stuff like that, and you know, I will endeavour to get there when I can, but. Um, yeah, definitely. You've got a bond when you when you leave a when you leave a club, and you know you, you want to keep in touch with them because you know they're all great blokes, and you've obviously spent a lot of time with them all. So um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, keen to catch up with them, and you know when we have functions and that, try and endeavour to get. That.
0: Do you think that's one thing the club is doing better? Because I think you know early on in the day there wasn't probably. I mean, no, no, the club's young, but there didn't seem to be that same sort of camaraderie after the playing careers are over, and I think from all accounts that they are trying to make a much more concerted effort with that. Yeah,
1: um, well, yeah, well, I can't comment on, yeah. the, on the, you know, what's happened yeah. previously, but, yeah, they, they are making a concerted effort to, to get us all together and, you know, watch watch a couple of games together, which which is good. You know, I'm, I'm all for you know, a bit of camaraderie yeah. off the field, and especially yeah. <laughs> when you're retired, so, yeah. you know, I'd like to sit down and have a couple of views with, with yeah. them boys and, and even meet guys that I've never played with before but have played with for hours, So that that'd be a good opportunity in itself just to sit down and, and have a beer with them and, 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 you know, watch a game of footy.
0: With the pathways, even for coaching now, do you think, do you think it'll ever get to the point now where, obviously, if you're not a, um, like, an ex-AFL player, it's very, very difficult for players to sort of get into that system or, you know, just guys who are coaching, obviously, yeah. Simon McPhee, who was one of the coaches at Claremont here, obviously, is now doing a bit of work, development coach at um, St Kilda. Yeah. Do you think, obviously, being an ex-AFL player is going to be able to open those doors much faster for you, or? Oh, I think it's a
1: benefit because you've been in that system and you know what the system's about for, for a long time, I mean, um, you know, basically I've had 11 years of ex- work experience there to be yep. honest, um, and you can just see how they work and, you know, what, what the commitment and, and what you're required to, to do each week, so um, I think it, it does help, but it doesn't get you the job. Um, yep. You know, there's there's definitely coaches out there at Waffle Ranks, you know, that, that, that win a couple of premierships and they're, they're straight in. So there's definitely ways and means to get there. It's just how you get there. So, you know, obviously, you know, playing AFL doesn't guarantee you to you know, coach in the AFL one day. But hopefully, you know, I can prove my, myself at, at Waffle level, hopefully, and um, get an opportunity later on down the track.
0: Yeah, no, and it said hopefully that um, you will get a chance to do it. Ideally I have to stay in Perth with obviously you've got family, friends, that sort of thing. Or yeah. are you prepared to travel if, if need be to Yeah, I obviously, oh, obviously prefer yeah. to stay in stay Perth good. but yeah.
1: but you know, if something did pop up you'd have to consider it. So um yeah, I mean I'm in I'm in no rush at the moment. I'm pretty happy
0: with what I'm doing, but if something was to pop up I'd definitely consider it. We talked about Pav and that sort of and Sandy probably being the best players you play with. Is there any players like that you played against that, who was your probably your toughest opponent when you when you were playing? Like, if you, every week you go, oh, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to be in for a tough yep. tough day. Oh, you...
1: Jonathan Brown was pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I'd, I'd probably have to say Jonathan Brown, um, you know, just his work rate, and, yeah, the way he crash packs and stuff like that, and, and the way he demanded, you know, his players to, to do the right thing. He, he was definitely one of the best opponents I've, I've come across. And a, as a defender, I'd have to... I have to probably say uh, when I was playing in the forward line, uh, who was oh yeah, Darren Darren Glass. He couldn't get a kick on Darren Glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was quite happy when he took Pav. Or you know, if Pav yeah. wasn't playing. He he'd had stints on me, but yeah, definitely you know, as a backman, Johnson Brown, and then as a as a forward, Darren Glass was, yeah. was exceptional.
0: Who's probably the toughest play? I mean, as a Frio fan, most people sort of like you know Cookie's name comes up quite regularly as being sort of you know hard body and. Um, who do, you, who do you feel is the toughest player you played with? Uh, toughest player I've played with, you know, I don't really want to say it because he, he's a bit of a
1: character, but uh, definitely Peyton Ballantyne for, for his size and weight and the way he throws himself into contests. Uh, you know, not a probably not a lot of opposition teams like him, and that's probably why, because he's so hard at it, and, and um, you know, he, he doesn't shirk an issue, he runs back with the flight. You know, if there's a 50-50 ball there, and you know, it's, it might be the Ruckman, 100 kilos, he'll just hammer in as hard as he can, so definitely yeah, he's the toughest guy I've,
0: I've played with. So. As you said, he's one of those sort of, as you said, probably a bit more, you know, like yourself, has that bit of a cult-like status, you know, Yeah. and probably Jeff Farmer was a little bit like that too, where, you absolutely. know, if um, he's on your team, you love him, and yeah, if he's not, you know, absolutely <laughs> There's a lot of talk about tinkering of the AFL rules, changing this, changing is there one thing that you would change if you if you if if they gave you a choice of changing anything at AFL? Yeah. Is there anything that you think... Sub-rule. The sub-rule? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yep. No one likes getting it. Yep. You know, no players like it. Fans don't like it. Coaches yep. don't like it. You know, you've probably seen the ball get dropped because of it. Yep. It's just, a, it's just a, a thing in the game that we don't need. I mean, I don't, I'm not too sure if it does slow the game down or, or whatever yep. they're trying to do with that rule, but they should just, yeah, go back to the way it was and, and no red vests. And I think the players and fans and coaches and yep. everyone will, will enjoy the game a lot more. Do you think they should also cap, like keep the interchange cap, or do you think they should just get rid of it? Oh, I mean the interchange cap doesn't really yeah. bother me to be honest. I don't think it bother the players. It'd probably bother the coaches because they'd yeah. have to, you know, have to second guess what when they make changes. But definitely the vest. I, I mean, you know, you got to you got to get rid of got yeah. to get rid of it because the players don't like it, and um, you know it's demoralising for a young kid. To, you know, maybe being his first game and, and comes off, you know, halfway through the third quarter and gets a red vest and. You know, doesn't play yeah. it, or or vice versa. They they have the red vest, and they got to wait, you know, until the five minute mark of the last quarter to to, to go on and play. So it's just a, it's just a rule that
0: doesn't need we don't need it in the game. I don't yeah. think. And it's certainly demoralising after the game. You see the guys running laps and laps see yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can't be can fun. Is there anything you change on field like the way that the game's currently played?
1: Uh, or not 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 really. Yeah. I mean, uh, they they do a pretty good job. It's a yeah. hard job to do, umpiring a game, and you know, I think. The game's gone away a little bit from, from the rolling scrums that, that used to happen and, and blokes jumping on the ball. So blokes are making attempts to, to hit the ball out now and, and get it into play. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's there's too much trouble on the field.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, that's great. Yeah, it's just good, interesting to hear it from a player's perspective. Sometimes, yeah. obviously, there's, you know, talk about keep the game the same, don't change it. And, it's, you know, obviously, you being in the face, yeah, just interesting to hear from a player's perspective what yeah. is, you know, good and bad about it, you know, because obviously the skill levels in that today are just you know it's unbelievable in yeah. the speed like you know as you said about how quick it is it's yeah you know you don't realize until you watch it sort of especially when you go and watch a game live where you see a guy get the ball in the back pocket and you know it's he's, up the other end in no time and, hey it's up the other end but the guy's also up there as yeah, well exactly you know right. They're yeah. just running so hard and um, yeah. you know as you said, the fitness levels are unbelievable thanks very much for joining us kepler obviously right. i'm giving up your time you know having a chat about things and uh hopefully you know for yourself you know you get a chance to uh you know, ideally for us as well, you know, get back on Freo's list as, as in the coaching capacity and yep. um, enjoy your time at the Waffle. And uh, as I said, for those people who haven't had a chance, make sure you do come down and watch the Waffle because the standard of comp is uh, getting is getting better and better. And obviously this year it's as close as it's ever been. For the listeners out there, this year will also be the first year that Kepler makes an appearance in the EJ Witten Legends match. So if, you are, if you're in Victoria and you want to go along and have one last, probably have a look at... Uh, Kepler running around or on the TV. Uh, He will be making an appearance this year along with another ex-Frio player in Anthony Grover. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's podcast with Kepler Bradley and hopefully we'll have a few more with different players in the future. Bye for now. (laughs)